Hey, good morning, everyone. It is a good morning. So this is Let's Go Live with Jack Kelly. And let me start out this. I had something prepared, but I want to add to it. Yesterday, we had some good news. The stock, uh, the stock market hit an all-time high, or at least the Dow Jones, which is the benchmark. What are the benchmarks that show how the stock market is doing? Now, I know this is not about stocks, but follow me here with this. So I kind of kind of put the pieces together. What, what happens is this. So the stock market is up, which gives this kind of wealth effect where people who, and not obviously not everybody's invested in the market, but a lot are, and people who even don't think they are, but with their 401ks and different pensions and college savings plans, what happened are in the market. So what happens when the shares rise, stocks rise, bonds rise, what have you, you have a little bit of the wealth effect, which makes people feel a bit more confident and more comfortable, which means they're going to spend more and do more things and stimulate the economy. Add on to that, Jerome Powell, the, the chair of the Federal Reserve Bank, has said he's going to stop hiking interest rates, which was anathema to a lot of companies because they weren't able to get cheap money to build and grow their businesses. So the hikes were deterrent. Now he says, hey, we're not going to do the hikes. Wall Street experts are saying not only are they going to stop with the hikes, they're going to start cutting interest rates and bringing it down. And by bringing down interest rates, it's going to make it easier for businesses to do all sorts of new projects, start new initiatives, you know, make uh, some strategic moves, what have you. So, so where it comes to the job market, then it tails into it because if, if the mood, the overall mood is better feeling, Hey, inflation. Oh, and let me add this. They're saying inflation is going down as well. So if you have lower inflation, lower interest rates, higher stock prices, you have this really kind of good vibe. Plus people could be more companies, more apt to spend, meaning they're going to open up their pocketbooks and start hiring. So it's a pretty interesting thing. Now, could it change? Absolutely. These things change quickly. Just like in one day, you had all these things happen, which from one day to that made it so much better and much more positive. And the outlook for the economy, for the job market, um, much brighter than it was just a few days ago. And I thought it was important to share because I know for the longest time, it's it's been a lot of, you know, hey, when's the recession? Why, you know, is there going to be a hard landing? You know, is there going to be a bad recession? And a lot of companies, I think, were waiting and on the sidelines and not hiring because they didn't know. They're thinking, what what's going to happen? Are they going to keep raising interest rates? And that's going to be hard. And there's going to be no reason to hire. We're going to have to keep cutting costs. And we're going to have to tighten the belt. And we're not going to hire. And then there's AI. So let's wait and see for AI. And hopefully, hopefully, this kind of this this keeps going forward, the positive side of things, to make it better for everybody and have more opportunities. And, and it was what's here's here's a catch though, I think. You know, and this is maybe because, you know, I grew up in New York and, and New Yorkers tend to be very skeptical and very cynical. So partly I wonder if this was a politically motivated thing where the Fed is supposed to act on its own, but it could be that maybe there's some arm twisting to say, hey, I want to get reelected. I want to I, I want to stay in my job as a president. So if if everything is bad and there are high interest rates and high inflation and you know people can't get jobs, or at least white collar professionals can't get jobs. That's not going to help me. So you got to do what you got to do, Jerome Powell, to make this better, to make me look good. So part of me is like, I don't know, is this good, prudent advice what they're doing? Or is this political advice that's kind of giving everybody a lot of sugar high? But we'll see. We'll see. I want to give both sides to it. But let's just jump into so what, what we're talking about for today. Um, it's, it's what do we do? Most people rely on sending out resumes, right? That, that's the key thing. They're like, hey, I'm going to go on LinkedIn 
and look for the job, send resumes there, go to Indeed, Simply Hired, Glassdoor, niche sites, what have you. And it's all about just sending the resume, sending resume, sending resume. There's a piece in Bloomberg saying basically, you know, profiling some people that I had to put out 500 resumes and maybe I would get one or two responses. And that it's just, it's been that hard for people. So if you've been having a problem looking for a new job and you're sending out resume after resume, nothing is happening. At least you could take some solace that it's not just you. This is this has been going for the last, I would say, since mid 2022, that it's just been this really tough, you know, what road to hoe to get resumes in front of the right people. So here's what I would suggest to do. Um, should you still send out resumes? Yes, it makes sense. But the other thing I would suggest as well is probably, in my opinion, um, even more important, you want to not only rely on sending over resume, because in today's day and age where it's so easy to have resumes you know, sent over, it could be through the company itself on their job, on their online job, job board. It uh, through LinkedIn, through other sites, through other job boards. So, so companies just get inundated with resumes, overwhelmed with resumes, and then it's hard to stand out. But if you play the networking game, and what I mean by that is, if you really focus, it doesn't mean sending out resumes, it doesn't mean giving up on that. But if you focus on trying to find a number of companies that you would love to work for, maybe let's start with this. You find maybe five or 10 companies that this is your dream. You would love to work there. You've heard a lot about it. Maybe you know some people who work there. You know them by reputation. Maybe they're very high profile so that you like that status. Uh, you see that a lot of people stay there, or if they leave the company, they go on to even bigger and better things. So you want to kind of think through what are these companies that I'm super interested in, and I really want to be involved with them. That's point number one. Then point number two is how do I find people who work at that company so I can get an inside edge? And what I mean by inside edge is this. If you're sending a resume in, it's going to go through some portal, go to an applicant tracking system. It's going to go through you know, some HR person perhaps. And just you're just one of many. You're one of literally thousands and thousands. So at first you have the company you like, then look at, so let's say out of the five or 10, take one company, ABC widget company, right? And you look at ABC Widget Company, go on LinkedIn and put in there and, and look at the people, click you know on the company and then click on where it says people and then start getting a sense of who they hire, who's there. And then specifically, not only who like the people there, you want to find anybody you recognize. Is there somebody there that you're like, oh my gosh, I worked with Christine five years ago and she's here at this company, ABC Widget Company that I'd love to do. That's great. And then you want to kind of take a note, like, okay, you know, Christine works there. Then you want to kind of go down the list too and see if there are other people that you recognize firsthand saying, hey, I know this person, this person, yeah, and jot that down as well. Then you could also find people who you may not know, but you recognize the name. You know, like, hmm, I've heard this person. I, I've, I've recognized this face. You know, you, you see their photo. You know, I recognize their face. And then maybe it's somebody you know who knows somebody who knows somebody, and that's the person. So you kind of know who they are. Maybe you saw them at a party once. Maybe you heard one of your friends talk about that person. Jot that person down too. 
you want to find, well, let me add another thing. You want to look at where they went to school, you know, what their college, what college, university they went to. You want to look at where they live. And I know some of you get now creeped out, like, Jack, you're like stalkerish. What's up? Well, this is what you hate. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get what you want. So yeah, so you want to find out where they went to college, where where they went to, you know, whatever university they went to, maybe what major they had. You want to see where they live. You want to see any other kind of thing that you feel you could leverage as a connection. So let's say you find out that someone went to Rutgers, to University of New Jersey, and there's and this person is working at the company you want. And maybe by coincidence, you went to Rutgers or your brother's sister went to Rutgers, or maybe you go to Rutgers football games. At this junction, when you're looking for a job, and you really want a job and you really want to go to that company, don't feel embarrassed, ashamed, or weirded out. Do what you got to do. So even if it's really tangential and you didn't go to Rutgers, but you like college football and you've watched them, you know, the team play, even you, even though that's so tenuous, you want to use anything you can as a link to hit up that person and say, hey, I noticed. You know, you go to Rutgers, I'm a big fan. You don't have to really be a big fan, but, you know, you get, you know I'm a really big fan. You know, I love it. I've, I've always wanted to work at ABC Widget Company. Is it okay? Can I send my resume to you? And maybe you could put it in front of the right person, or maybe you could tell me who I should get in touch with. Now, granted, that's kind of a bold move, right? Because it's really, yeah, I mean, you're, you're being kind of pushy and you're, you're just taking something that's such a weak link, but making it try to make it work. But that's how you have to think. Sending out a resume in a way is the lowest intellectual way of going about doing it. And I don't mean that as a slur or slight. It's just, that's what it is, right? You go post, you know, send over your resume. If it's like LinkedIn, easy apply, boop, click a button and it's gone. It gets other levels of challenging to do what I just mentioned, to really hone in on how can I find that person that I know, or maybe I have a loose tie with somebody that could turn me on to someone who knows a key player, a decision maker, a hiring manager, an internal recruiter, a director of whatever you know area that you're interested in. Because you want to stand out in the crowd. If you're just another resume and that's it, you're just one of literally thousands and thousands, right? You get lost. But if you can get on the radar screen of somebody who can make a decision, someone who's directly involved with the hiring process, someone who's maybe leading that whole division, then you're, you're noticed. A, a lot of companies now have these employee referral programs, meaning that if they if there's a job opening, and let's say it's within their their division, their unit, and they recommend a person, and that person gets employed, they'll get a bonus. Now, usually, it's not going to be it's not be like ten thousand dollars. It could go for a couple hundred dollars to maybe a couple thousand dollars. And the companies are glad to pay it because instead of paying a recruiter twenty, thirty thousand dollars, they'll pay the employee a hundred, five hundred, maybe a thousand. The employee's happy, the employer is happy because they save money. And it works. So you could look at, let's go back to this company. It's like ABC Widget Company. Research to see do they have an employer, uh, employee. A referral program because then if you know that's a bigger enticement so now when we're talking about this weak links these weak ties you could reach out to that person and say you know hey joe 
I understand, you know, you live in Westfield. I live there too. I don't know if our paths ever crossed, but I do see you work at ABC widget company. I would love to work there. Would you mind? Can I send over your resume to you? And maybe you could put it in, in the hands of the person who's doing the hiring, or maybe you could find out who's doing the hiring and I could do it myself. But if you do it, my understanding is that ABC widget company gives a referral for $500 or so. So, Hey, if you can get 500, that's cool. I'm not even asking for part of that 500. You take it all have fun. It's not, it's coming to the holidays, spend it on presents on the kids. Everyone wins, right? If you can get me in the door and I get a job, I'm in your debt forever. You get $500. Your kids are going to get some nice extra presents. We all win. The company gets the, play, the person that they need. That's how you have to think. And I know you're like, gosh, that's almost like, you know, weird and sinister-ish, but it's not. This is how the game is played. I have a question, Jeff. Yeah. It's kind of, I guess, like a technical one. Is it like recruiting where they would have to refer you before you apply or else they won't get the money? They can just say, oh, they were ready in our ATS system. So should you always wait to get the referral first before applying? You know, what I've noticed is every company is super different in terms of how they handle it. So I think you would have to do a little homework and find out, you know, what's their process? What does mm -hmm. it look like? Um, so either A, you could try to find it yourself, maybe by Googling, using AI platforms, maybe, at, you know, finding somebody in the company and just asking them, Hey, I'm interested in your, you know, referral program. How does it work? Um, so this way you get a better sense of how it flows, but usually what ends up happening, it's, it should be somewhere on the company's, you know, FAQs kind of thing. And they'll probably give you the amount and what you need to do and how you go, go about doing it. Even though they may have an official way of doing it. I, 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 I'm of the belief a lot of times if you're dealing with big, large global corporations, you just get lost. So that, but if you could find a human being, Chris, and get that person to help you and, and, and figure it out, and they have now a financial incentive to do it. Now, not only do they have a financial incentive, let's take that example where that other person lives in Westfield, New Jersey, like I do. They would feel more like, uh, I should probably do it because one day I might end up bumping into him in the jack in the street. I'm going to feel really weird because I blew him off and I didn't try to help him get a job and I'm going to feel uh, really bad. Or I'm going to see him some, you know, sporting event and what have you. And I'm going to have to avert my eyes and get away from him because I feel I just blew him off and ghosted him. So having that human element is is kind of a little bit of a little bit of that guilt factor, a little bit of a, come on, help somebody out. Come on, we're fellow, we, we live in the same town, help me out here. Yeah, plus who knows, maybe one day they'll need a job and then that person will be the hiring manager. You'll be like, oh, I wish I helped them. <laughs> and that's how it works. See, that's that to me, this is how the whole thing works. And I, I've seen this through recruiting for you know 26 years, is that if I help, you know, Jane, right? Get a job. And I place her as a recruiter. I mean, place her as me being a recruiter, place her. And then she's a manager. A year, two years, five years could go by. And then Jane will get back to me and say, Jack, I got this opening. Can you help? Can you help me with it? Because you were really helpful and, and so nice in getting me this job and I really enjoy it. So, hey, if you have a good candidate, I'm going to trust that that candidate is going to be good. And I know you treated me really well with respect and dignity and helped me out and gave constructive feedback and, and, and ways how to navigate the process. So I'm sure you'll do that with this person and, and, and your referral do well. And the, does it guarantee that person a good job? Maybe, maybe not, but you have now a way better chance. And it's, these things are self-fulfilling. So if, you help somebody, maybe there's a little bit of karma, karma that someone helps you, but then also there's a little bit of, and not everybody has it, but a lot of people do have this feeling, hey, if someone helped me, I want to help them back or I want to pay it forward because I see how I benefited from someone hooking me up with a job. I want to do the same thing for someone else. Now, does that mean everybody does it? No, not at all. I would say out of every 10, 
people, maybe only three or two would be like that, but that's okay. It's a numbers game. If you speak to enough people, you'll have those two over here, another two, another two to help you out. So, so yeah, I, I, for the employee referral, that to me, that's a really good way to go about it. Cause you get, you get the person's going to get a few hundred bucks, maybe a thousand bucks, maybe more, depending on the market it changes. Um, you get that in, they get that placement, everybody's happy. But if you just send a resume, meh. So, so I want you to focus on thinking outside of the box. The mission is this, is really clear. Know the companies you want, because you can't do this for hundreds of companies. It just takes forever. Or you could, if you're looking, uh, unfortunately, if it takes a long time. But let's say in the short term, you have five. You know, five. With five companies, you could really take the time to analyze the type of people who work at the company, the colleges they went to, where they live, what sports teams they root for. Um, by looking at their LinkedIn profiles, you can get a good feel for who they are, what they're about. And, and again, you guys are going to roll your eyes and, 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 and feel uncomfortable. I would then look at social media, go to Twitter slash X, go to Instagram, uh, TikTok, wherever, and see if you could find those people. And this is not stalking by finding them and seeing what they do, right? Maybe they love baseball, maybe love football, maybe they love, love going to movies, maybe they love going to certain restaurants, what have you. You get you get a you get a feel for who they are and what they're about. And then you feel, you know, by 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 seeing what they let's say what they post on LinkedIn, what they post on X and other other sites, you get a vibe of like, oh, this is who they are. So then if you want to tap in to that person, say, oh, so this person, let's say, is heading up the division that you want to work in. And you now know one or two different people in that group. You could hit them up with confidence because you feel you already know them. Now, you want to be careful. You don't want to be like, oh, yeah, I, I've seen you. You were eating out at this restaurant on Monday at six o'clock with your two little kids. No, you, obviously you don't want to do that because that's really cross the edge and you're going to be a real creepster and they'd be freaked out by you. But it's a little different if you say, huh, you know, when I was looking, you know, I was looking for a job with your company and I came across your profile and you look really familiar. I couldn't put it together. But then I realized, I think you're in the same town or you, we went to the same college or we go to the same temple with the same mosque, the same whatever, fill in the gap. Or maybe our kids play the same sports and we were standing on the sidelines and it opens the door for a conversation. And more often than not, people are not going to be like, who are you? Stranger danger, get away. They're more likely to say, huh, I don't know. You do kind of look familiar. Or, hmm, I don't recognize you. What... Tell me a little more about yourself. Then you tell a little bit more and then they tell a little bit more. And before you know it, you got this going. Now, I'm making it sound really easy and I get it. If you're like an introvert, this is not easy to do. This is super, this is hard to do because you're getting outside of your comfort level. However, I would strongly suggest you need to push yourself out of that comfort level. At the risk of sounding rude and, and being a jerk, I think a lot of people use some terms, well, I'm an introvert, I'm a this, I'm a this, so they don't have to do what they know they need to do. So they, they don't have to do what they know they need to do because they know they need to do something, but they use as a buffer Oh, I'm an introvert. Oh, I'm shy. Oh, I'm, you know, don't want to be pushy. Oh, I don't want to be that guy. F it. No, be pushy. Be that guy. Be that woman. Because 
those are the ones who succeed. Those are the people who get things done. You know, it's not the people who are meek and say, oh, yeah, I don't want to do it. It feels too, too aggressive. It's too aggressive for me. Oh, I, I'm not going to do it. It's really aggressive. And how are they going to think of it? Hell with that. This is your job. This is your career. This is your life. If you have a family, they're depending on you to do it. Do they want you to come home and say, well, maybe I could have got this job, but I really didn't want to push too hard. What? And I know I'm sounding like aggro here in terms of pushing it, but like I would not be doing anybody who's watching this a favor if I said to you, yeah, you know what? You're right. Just send a resume. Don't do the other things. Yeah, because that could come across a little pushy. Let's be frank. Have you known anybody who succeeded in life, who wasn't pushy, who, who didn't kind of keep striving, pushing the envelope, going for it? Conversely, have you ever seen somebody who was like, I don't want to make waves. You know, I'm just going to do this because this is just, this is the right thing to do. This is what everyone else does. How many people have become super successful with that mindset? Right. Let's be honest here. Like, this, this is this is this kind of show. We're not going to bullshit. This is what we're talking. This is how life works. So you have to be bold. Right. Fortune favors the bold. Right. That's some kind of quote, I think. That's what you want to do. So find ways. Make it your business, your mission. And you could still definitely send out resumes. Find people you know this may age me but there was a thing called six degrees of, of kevin bacon which kevin bacon for a time he was in so many movies that you could connect him with other people with other movies and it was kind of almost like a, a you know a game you know how can you find kevin bacon from uh, you know a jack nicholson movie to see where they had something in common. That's the same thing as what we're talking now. It's six degrees of finding a person you know to get you in that job. You may know someone who knows someone who knows someone who knows someone. And I'm not exaggerating because that's 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 that that was like the you know, drinking game or the just playing around, goofing around game about how Kevin Bacon showed up in a movie or a, a show or TV show and how it related to other actors. And you're following that trail. Similarly, you're doing the same thing. You, maybe you know someone that says, you know, I really don't know anybody who works for this company, but I do know that my, one of my next door neighbor's brother-in-law works there. I don't know how I know that, but I heard that. So then you go to that, then you'll say, hey, can I get your brother-in-law's next door neighbor, whatever he, whatever the person was, can, can, I, can you put me in touch with them? And they'll probably be like, uh, I guess, yeah. And they're like, yep, thanks. But again, you want to be a little aggressive? Thanks, okay. Get in touch with that person's brother-in-law's, whatever, I forgot what relationship was. Get in touch with it and say, oh, hey, you know, you know, Joe, who's next door neighbor, who's friends with my next door neighbor uh, across the street, knows you and said, I should get in touch with you because you work at this company and I'm interested in working at that company. Is it okay if I have a quick call with you where we can chat and tell you, you know, share my resume and maybe you can put me in the right direction. Yeah. Is that bold? Is that going through a lot? Yeah. But this is what it takes. This separates the people who win and the people who don't. This separates the people who are going to do these things, which put them outside their comfort level that are a little difficult, that are a little tough, that are a little awkward, but just say, you know what? I know I have to do it because I have a goal. I got to get this job. My family's depending on me. I have to make this work. And I don't care if I'm embarrassed, if someone says no to me. And, and what was that? And this is a big thing to keep in, in, in mind when you're doing these things. You're going to say, get no's. You're going to get ghosted and you're going to get no's. And every once in a while, you may get someone hanging up on a phone on you. But so what? In the big scheme of things, given what's happening in the whole world, 
look what's going on in the Middle East, in the Sudan, in Armenia, and Azerbaijan, this, uh, and, and all sorts of uh, what's going on in Ukraine. That's real. That's real. That's danger. That's death. That's, that's violence. Now, zoom in to what we're talking about. Relatively speaking, how can you complain about nudging somebody to nudge somebody else, to nudge another person to help you get a resume in front of somebody compared to imagine being in the Ukraine conflict, in the Hamas-Israel conflict, in the Sudan conflict, in the Abidjan and Armenia conflict, and, and, and dozens of others around the whole world that are really serious shit that's, that's real. Come on, compared to that, this is a walk in the park. And I know you're thinking, well, like this is, how are you being so dramatic? Yes, I'm being dramatic and I'm uh, being a drama queen to a certain extent. But sometimes you need to put these things in focus is that you think what you're doing is so hard and difficult to do, but then you compare it to what other people are doing in their lives. And it's embarrassing then. I, I, I'll, I'll be frank. That's what I do in my mindset. If there's something I have to do, I'm like, I don't want to do it. I'm going to put it off. And then I start thinking about like what other people have to go through in their lives and what they have to endure. Like, I'm a little bitch. What am I complaining about? I just, so I'm going to contact a stranger and try to schmooze a little bit so they could help me. That doesn't compare to so many other people and so many other hardships people have to deal with. Now, I bet when we went into the start of this LinkedIn Live podcast, you would think how we can get to where we are now. But when you think about it, it all makes sense. It boils down to your mindset, your growth mindset, looking to succeed and make something happen. And I would suggest to you one of the best ways, finding the right people, getting in touch with the right people, that helps you succeed. And if you don't do it because you feel weird, awkward, uncomfortable, guess what? Those other people can get the jobs and you won't. And that's just life. That's how it is. Now, there's some other subtle ways too that you can find people. So I don't want to dwell on this too much. Let's say on LinkedIn, here's an easy thing. Post. You know, post about... If you're in between jobs, what you're doing in between jobs, but not a boo-hoo-hoo, I'm not working, but just, hey, I'm in between jobs. Here's what I did. Here's what I'm looking to do. Um, I'd love to work for this kind of company. If you know anyone there, let me know and advocate for yourself. You could also post, let's say, your tax accountant and you lost your job or your tax accountant, you're looking for a new job. Post about tax accounting things. And keep posting about it. If there's a new rule, talk about it. If let's say there's a new rule about estate planning or what have you, write about it. So then people start noticing you and saying, hey, you know, that person is really smart about taxes. And then they may notice on the LinkedIn profile, there was an end date, so you're not working. And they may say, hey, I've been following your work for the last three, four, five months. And I was really impressed with your knowledge of taxes. And I didn't mean to be so forward, but I looked at your, your, your LinkedIn profile and I see you're between jobs. We're looking to hire somebody. Would you be interested? Now I'm making that sound easy to happen, but yeah, it, sometimes it is. Because if you brand yourself, so, so, so you're now that tax accounting expert, find senior, again, go back to finding like your target company you want to work with, and then start sending connections, LinkedIn connections to people who would look like they would be hiring managers, HR people, executives, even peer level, other folks who you could then, if they contact, if they connect with you, now you can go back and forth. 
you still post. They'll see you. But then when they post, you can comment on their post. So you get noticed. And that's kind of a lower stress kind of way of doing it. Is really branding yourself. Hey, this is who I'm. I'm, I'm a stockbroker. I'm an attorney. I'm a tax accountant. I'm a compliance officer. I'm a, 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 a mortgage lending or whatever it is. You could apply the same thing. Find out who are decision makers at the companies you'd be interested in and send out LinkedIn requests to, you know, to join, to, to connect. Follow them so you can see what they do. Post content. Look for their content. And then don't just hit the like button. That's the easiest thing to do, but it doesn't really add much. But you could do it. Definitely hit like when they post. But then offer something. Offer a comment. Offer some, some insights. Not just, hey, great, great post. Give a little something, something so you stand out. Right now, that one's pretty straightforward. I think we could all agree on this one, that this is not as aggressive as the first one, but this is another way of doing it. I would also say, go to career events, go to meetups, go to, if, if there's a big convention, find different, different, play, different things that are going on within your sphere, within your sector, and make it your business to go there. Um, let's say there's a big, there's a big keynote address and it, there's going to be a lot of people who are in your space who are going to go there. Even if it costs a lot of money for a ticket, do it, go there. Cause you want to be seen. You want to be noticed. You want to meet people. And if you do go there, if you do go to an event, a meetup, a convention, whatever it may be, don't be a wallflower. You got to be bold introduce yourself. I know it's it's weird. Hi, I'm Jack. I want to meet you. Hey, you got to find a way. Just just, just do it. Just introduce yourself, chat, talk. Worst, worst they could do is just turn their back on you or, you know, they're not going to push you down. <laughs> it's not like you're, you're, you're in elementary school and kids a little jerky in middle school. Get away from me and like push you away. It's not going to happen. Worst they could do is they just don't really talk to you in the conversation. You're sitting there awkwardly with your, your cocktail in hand and you're feeling um, completely being ignored. And I try, you try to butt in, but they won't give it. All right, go and find another group and keep trying. So let's add to it in terms of the more aggressive thing we talked about before, the lesser aggressive, which is the LinkedIn getting to know people and introducing yourself. And and when I say LinkedIn, I'm using it because most, most often the people who are watching this and who are on LinkedIn are mid to senior level people who are working white collar jobs, but it could be appropriate for Instagram and other social media sites too, depending on your career. So so you could just transfer that over to other, other sites as well. Um, the The... the Let's see, what else can we add? That's I think we have a lot. I think I think also too, you want to make sure when people look at you, let's say on LinkedIn, that you have a good photo, you have a nice summary, you have well, everything put out correctly, no spelling errors. You make sure that your jobs are listed so that your most recent job takes the most real estate so people know who you are and what you do make sure if you graduated from a college put it on there if you have certain licenses so this way when people notice you they'll see and you have you know they really say oh okay this this person I, i'm gonna go i would i would help this person not just because they have the great linkedin profile but if they had a shoddy one that was kind of sus and not a lot there i would feel less emboldened to help this person out because uh, I'm, not, I'm not really keen on like their whole on their whole LinkedIn and their I don't know there's just too much no so you just that's something part of networking but it's something you have to do to have it looking good so people could feel confident to recommend you another thing in terms of um, networking you want to have in your corner 
people who could help you. And these would be recruiters. So you want to keep in touch with maybe two, three top recruiters in your space. Find people who really know what you do, know your area of expertise, what you're all about. So this way, they have the connections to turn you on to, hey, Jack, I have this job with this company. I know, you know, we've been in touch a couple of times. I know I didn't find something for you. And we, but this one looks like it's right up your alley. So you want to have some recruiters who are always keeping an eye out for you. And for recruiters, mostly they work on contingent, not all of them. The C-suiteers usually retain, but then underneath it, usually contingent, meaning they only get paid if they place you. So they have a financial incentive to place you. And they don't charge you. So for you, it's free. You find a good recruiter. They'll keep their eyes on you. You could still look yourself. But they could always, they're constantly like sharks, constantly looking, you know, for some, you know, looking for job openings to get and then for candidates to get. So that's what they're doing. So they're always having an eye out for what jobs are open. And if you have two or three of them who are, who are keeping an eye open for you, that's a great way to network. That's a great low key way to network because they're doing all the hard work. You're just staying in touch with them and being polite with them. And then every once in a while, what I would suggest is you give them a referral. So let's say they offer a job to you and you're like, that's really not up my alley. So I could see why you brought it up to me, but that's not really what I'm doing or I'm looking to do. But I do know Bob and he would probably be good for you. Let me give you his name and his information and, and tell him, you know, I, I recommend it and get in touch with him. And that, that, that goes back to this whole kind of karma, one help each other out so that we could all win. I would also throw in, try to find some career coaches, some resume writers, some mentors. So these are folks also who could help you out. If let's say you have a mentor or sponsor, those people could advocate for you and help you find new careers, new jobs, navigate your career. So these are the things you want to work on. And given the holiday season, this is probably one of the best times to reach out to people. And you know why? Well, because this is one of the few times of year where it's so, it's so okay and understandable to reach out to a person who you may have not seen in two, three, four, five years. It's the one time where it's perfectly acceptable to say, you know, hey, Mike, I can't believe it's five years since we we last spoke. It's crazy, but I just, hey, the holidays. I want to wish you, ho you know, happy holidays. I know everything is crazy. How's everything with you? I just, just wanted to yeah, just see how you're doing, what's happening. And then you create, you, you rekindle that relationship. You rekindle that. And if you do that on scale and go back to a lot of people who you want to do that with, now some you may not want to, I get it. You're, you're kind of regrowing your network of mutually aligned people who want to help each other. And I think for a lot of folks, and I'll say myself included, the pandemic, when everyone started hunkering down, being in the, you know, staying at home, not going out, not doing much, you know, for two years plus, all a lot of the ties were frayed. And it was weird to get back to people now you haven't spoken with in two and a half years. This is the time to do it. This is the time you reach out. You can send it, and and so easy just to see. You can just send a text, send a text message, you know, send an email. If you want to be, you know, a little bolder, make a phone call. But if you do that across the board, let's say you do it. Uh, I'll say a hundred, but you're not going to do a hundred. Let's say you do a hundred. I'm just doing because it's a round number. Maybe ten of them. 15 of them responded pretty cool. 
boom, that's great. Now out of those 10, maybe the odds are if you're looking for a job, maybe two or three of them may have a good lead. The rest you planted in their mind that you're looking for a job. Now you may not want on that first text to do that because then it comes across, oh, that's why Jack is Ted. He just wants a job. First one, strategically, is letting them know, hey, I'm here, I'm alive, I'm interested in you, I'd love to catch up with you. And then maybe you have a couple of, you know, like, hey, let's stop, let's get a beer, let's get a coffee, let's go for dinner, let's get the families together, whatever it is, right? And then do whatever it is you do. Then after, you know, some texting and what have you, then you can say, hey, and then usually the conversation comes up. You don't even have to bring it up. Usually say, so Jack, how you doing? What are you up to? And you're like, oh, hey, I don't know if you know this. I just lost my job and I'm looking around. Um, hey, do you know anybody? You know anyone you could help me with? I would love to work for blah, blah, blah. So that that won't be, that's when you'll say that at the end. You don't do that at the beginning because then they can say, oh, you just reached out to me because you want something. So you want to first you know, establish that re reacquaintance, that establish that relationship then you could give your ask a little later on. And I know, I know, I know, I know it sounds manipulative. It sounds shady, but I'm going to, I'm going to go back to the same mantra. What, but that's how you, what you need to do to be successful. If you just, if you don't do anything and they say, well, if I text the person can think I want something and I don't want to do, well, all right, then you're not going to get ahead. They're not going to know that you need a job and nothing's going to change. So Christy, was this, was a little, do you think I'm being a little too like harsh, <laughs> a little too, uh, too like demanding of what people should do or, or you think just this is life and this is what, this is what we got to do. Sometimes you have to be stern about it because people need to be pushed out of their, their comfort zone. Cause so many people aren't comfortable with like, cold messaging or cold emailing. So it's important to be pushed. Would you advise once you make these networking connections to request like an informational uh, interview? How critical can those mm. be in the process? That's a good question. You know, I've never really understood informational interviews after all these years. I, I don't, I know people do it, mm -hmm. but I've never like, I don't even think I've ever actually participated one way or the other in an informational interview, unless it was just like, maybe it was, but it wasn't called that. Just so we were just, you know, maybe chatting with somebody about, you know, what they want to do and their job and their aspirations. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, so I can't really, you know, I, I would say if someone feels comfortable doing that, sure. Um, I just don't, I haven't seen firsthand and it doesn't mean it doesn't happen where someone does an informational interview somewhere and all of a sudden they get a job. Could it happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but if that's on the table, why not? If you're in between jobs or you have a job, but like you would love to work at, you know, Goldman Sachs or Meta or wherever. And someone is saying somehow you have an informational interview. Yeah, definitely. Totally do that because this way, it goes back to the whole theme of what we're talking about. Because if you don't do that, nothing's going to happen. But if you do something, at least you have the chance of something happening. Yeah. And yesterday we broached this topic about how networking can unlock the hidden job market. Mm -hmm. Can you give the audience insight into like why a company may not advertise a role? That's a good question. So yeah, you, you, you've, you've probably heard of the like, hidden job market. It's almost like, Dun, 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 the hidden job market. Like it's like some really dark place that the they have, <laughs> we have all these jobs here. We're not going to tell anyone else about it. <laughs> if you're not in on the insider, you're out. Uh, hidden job market a lot is this. I get, uh, let me go. I'll start from the recruiting side because that's where I know about. What happens a lot of times you have a manager, right? You have, you know, you know Phil, who's the manager, right? And Phil just sucks. He's been there for 20 years. And he's just miserable, grumpy, nasty, and no one kind of like likes him and want to deal with him. And he's at a point now where he's kind of, kind of, you know, not abusing people, but just really, he's not polite to deal with, not pleasant to deal with. 
and and some they make some complaints to HR. As a recruiter, I'll get the call saying, "Hey, Jack, we got this guy here. This guy Phil, and you know, it's just he's been here. We we loved him, but I don't know. I guess he's just been maybe he's just too long here. It's just not working out, and." We need a replacement. And it's really awkward because he's been there for 10, 15 years. Um, I feel bad for the guy, but we got to do something. Can you find, here's what we're looking for. And then they'll give the, you know, the script, the backdrop about what criteria they need for it. And then I would do a stealth search, meaning I'm not going to post it online. I'm not going to post it anywhere. You're never going to see that job posted because they want to avoid a scenario where someone Phil knows calls up Phil and go, hey, Phil, I, I saw this posting online and this looks like your job, your company. What's going on? And then Phil's like, what are you talking about? I'll send it. I'll send it to you. And then he sends it over and Phil's like, that is my what the and then he goes running to the, his boss and HR and making a big commotion and it's a really awkward uncomfortable big mess because it blew up that now they found out they were trying to surreptitiously let him go but try to find someone to replace the person without even letting that Phil know about it so you have this hidden job which is Phil's job that you're 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 you know finding somebody new for, but you're never going to see that online. There are also times where you won't find somebody online. You uh, another kind of hidden job would be this: is there's a person, um, you know, there's a person, there's an opening within a group, and they're looking to hire that person but they're not going to go out into the market and do that because it gets awkward because then everybody's like internally, well, I should get that job because it's a senior, more senior level role. And it gets really weird and really uncomfortable, really awkward so that they don't post it anywhere. And once again, there'll be this like stealth search so that it kind of quiets everything down, you know, where, so you're not having all this intrigue going on within the organization. Uh, those are kind of somewhat of those examples. And then other times you have these uh, hidden jobs where, you know, they may, you know, they may post it once and take it down because they're not terribly serious about it or they're not sure about it. So they'll post and then take it off and then maybe post it back again and see and feel it out. Uh, so, and sometimes there are openings and is word of mouth where for whatever reason they want to keep it in the family if you will so rather than just post it everywhere they may say hey we have this we don't really want to use a recruiter and we really don't want to but let's see if we could find if you guys know somebody go back to like employee referrals if anyone knows somebody who's really good let us know so there are different versions of it um and i think when they say hidden job market they make it seem more you know kind of dark and mysterious than it really is. It's just different excuses why they don't want to put it out in the open. Often a LinkedIn job posting will have um, like a recruiter or hiring manager listed like in the job description. Mm -hmm. Would you advise people to apply, but then kind of double down by sending that person a message as well? 100%. Yeah. I'd rather be more of a nudge and do that than just send it and that's it. Because if, let's say, there's the recruiter or hire manager, there's some name on it, there's a picture of the person there, you can see their background. Once again, you can get a sense of who they are. So let's say there's an HR or like a hiring manager, you know, when you post it, like using some, not all, very rarely though, you'll have like the, you know, their photo and who they are. And then maybe you do know the person or, or to go like from the beginning of the conversation it's six degrees of separation. Oh, I know someone who knows someone who knows someone. So I'm going to see how I could. So to answer your question, I wouldn't maybe then go directly and send it. I would 
then go through who I know, who I know to get to that person to get right on their radar you know, screen. And then for the recruiter, the same thing. Maybe I know the recruiter. Maybe I know someone who knows the recruiter um, and try to find a way, how can I get to that person directly so that I could cut in line and get before everybody? And then what happens is this too. This is a weird phenomenon. If you come in as a referral, you meaning a candidate, a job seeker, come in as a referral, it's usually more preferred than some rando who sent over resume. Now, it, there's really no reason it should be that way, but human nature is such that if you get somebody to recommend you to go for a certain job, you're going to be having a halo effect because they're going to say, huh, well, Susan's recommending Jack. And she's putting a reputation online. He must be good. So yeah, let's take a look. Let's see him. And because Susan, they like Susan, she's a good employee. She's well-regarded. They're going to take her at, at her word that, you know, Jack, this candidate is going to be good. So he's going to come in already almost pre-approved. So you want to find that person who could be able to do that. And it, it makes a huge difference. It's a, it's a big game changer if, if that could happen. So yes. So long word, way, long worded answer is, yeah, you want to not only just send the resume and that's it, boom, boom. You want to see if they have that recruiter contact, HR contact, so whatever contact, and try to do the same thing we talked about earlier, how to get to know them and who they are and who knows who they are to make some other introductions so that they feel, oh, yeah, of course, Jack. Yeah, let's get them in here. Should a re Is it better if a, re a referral mainly comes from someone who's in a similar role or like at least like a cross-functional role that collaborates with that team as opposed to just anyone at the company? Yeah, yeah the closer to the job, the better. Because it shows there's some connection. Because let's say, let's say the the person who who is looking for a job is looking for a compliance job. But the person at the company is dealing with um, product management. It might be sometimes it's so removed that it's hard, you know what I mean? That it's it's better to have that person who's within that ecosystem to get that done mm -hmm. your main goal is to get a new job but would you recommend people set up small daily goals like oh, i'm going to apply to x amount of jobs today or reach out to x amount of people that way once they meet those daily goals they can feel better about themselves you know it's a good question especially coming in going into the new year right where a lot of people might say hey i'm going to go to the gym in the new year i'm going to start working out right so that that's the goal my goal is I'm going to go to the gym. But what good is that goal if you don't have a daily game plan, what to do each day to be successful going to the gym? So, yeah. So I think you want to have a mission. You want to have your objective. But if you don't have a daily game plan of what to do, your chances of success goes down. So meaning that maybe every Monday, I'm going to say, and it, I'm saying this off the hip, you know, this is, um, this is not terribly accurate. So but every Monday, I'm going to send out resumes. Every Tuesday, I'm going to research some, uh, you know, people who I know to see who I could find contacts with and help me out. On Wednesdays, I'm going to do such and such. On Thursdays, I'm going to do such and such. But you have something built in so you know every day I'm working on something, chipping away at something, getting closer to my objective. And and the objective, you know, would be for the gym, you know, uh, I'm going to work on my arms on Monday. I'm going to work on my legs on Tuesday. I'm going to do cardio on, on Wednesdays. I'm going to do uh, squats on blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So each thing, so you have it set up. And then once you have that set up, most people, it's like a habit. Now you form this habit and you train yourself to do, oh, hey, sorry, I can't go out for lunch on Monday because on Monday I'm sending out resumes and I got, I got to just focus on that. That's what I'm doing. 
and you adhere to it, and by adhering to it, you get a better chance of reaching your goal. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's a great way to end it, just to stress that you actually have to have a game plan. You can't just go into a job search with zero strategy other than shotgunning your resume. You have to be very tactical and intentional with everything you do in order for it to pay off. Well, cool. Well, thank you, Christine. Thanks, everybody. Um, I, I think this was kind of an interesting, winding LinkedIn Live podcast kind of thing going on here, but I, I hope that I gave a lot of good information and knowledge. And and I and as Christine mentioned too, you know, sometimes you have to be that that pushy person because I think secretly people want that that little ugh, that little nudge to get them going because they want you going. That's it. Then you're emotion, and when you're emotion, you're going to stay emotion. So everybody, have a great day. Thank you for watching. I really appreciate it. Once again. If you have any topics you want us to talk about, let me know. If you have any comments, put it in, in the chat. Um, anything we could help with, let us know. So thank you very much for watching. Have a great day. Christine, have a great day. Thanks, everyone. Bye.